Informative. Educational. Objective. Inclusive. Comprehensive. This is Progress Report. Updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. Hello and welcome to Progress Report updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. This is our first show, and we are happy to have with us the Honorable Premier, Dr. Ellis Lorenzo Webster. My name is Ivan Connor, and my co-host and colleague, Ms. Gleneva Hodge. We're happy to have you here with us today. Great. So thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to continuing these conversations as we go forward. So welcome, Dr. Webster. Thank you, Ivan, and we can get right into it. I think we should. Just so you know, um, Progress Report is an unfiltered, it's unedited, it's conversations that will provide updates on the issues that government wants to bring to the people and people want to hear from uh, our government on. I think we're going to start with a very hot-button issue today. Most definitely. I, I think we've started a very hard button issue today. It was that hard button issue. So today we're going to be looking at GST. Why GST? Why now? Yes. So Dr. Webster, we get right into it. Right into it. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Pleasure to be here, Ivan and Deliver. Thank you. Thank you. Right. So literally, why GST and why now? Take us through it. Uh, when, I, when I traverse the community and even... As early as yesterday, I just sat and had a conversation with some folks, and they were like, the Premier has said it before, but people need to understand why we have to put in place this broad-based tax now. So give us the synopsis, let us know how we got here, why we're here, and why we're going now. Certainly. That, that's a good question. Just want to say um, hi to everyone listening and um, watching in Anguilla and elsewhere. Thank you for this program. Uh, why GST? Why now? Uh, you know, we inherited it. And then I talk about the Anguilla Progressive Movement Administration. We came in on the 30th of June. And basically, the GST was put in place before that. And since 2017, CARTAC, which is the um, agency, uh, Caribbean agency, were tasked to do an, a survey in Anguilla to look at uh, implementing a broad based tax. And they, looking at all the options, uh, looked at St. Martin's tax structure, looked at others in the region, and felt that the GST, or value-added tax, would be the way to go since it's broad-based, um, you know, it's consumer uh, tax, and it also touches everyone, which um, in Anguilla, prior to GST, we have where customs duty is the main source of uh, of revenue for government to do government services to provide social uh, for social reforms and, uh, and these are the things that are necessary right. um, essential services such as uh, paying civil servants such as uh, paying police uh, providing for education 
providing medical treatment overseas mm -hmm. and help for the elderly and yeah. others who for paying medical bills and these are these are necessary so back in uh, 2017 this study was done in 2018 we know in 2017 we had hurricane Irma which showed that our uh, revenue basically based only on tourism mm -hmm. tourism was severely um, affected and Anguilla was in trouble and if you look at Anguilla's history financially it's been in trouble for a long time and sure. in fact um, I always said we were just basically skimming the surface and most of the time we were underwater sure. and so 2018 uh, this there was a loan that was uh, from the CDB one of the conditions of that was the GST would be implemented uh, there was uh, 2016, we had the banking um, resolution where the two indigenous banks uh, basically uh, were lost and we had the bridge bank. And uh, the government at the time uh, said they would cover all depositors, mm -hmm. uh, Angolan depositors. Uh, and this required, uh, and also secure Social Security, uh, where $214 million were lo was lost in the uh, banking crisis. Uh, government would be responsible for that. And so that uh, required government to take on debt of $332 million. Wow. With that, the United Kingdom, to assent to the Banking Resolution and Banking Obligations Act, said you have to come up with a tax reform, and that involved the goods and service tax. Okay. So COVID came in 2020. And with that, uh, back in April of 2020, remember the country was closed in March of mm -hmm. 2020, and so tourism, which our main industry, was basically wiped out. Right. The UK government said they would give uh, up to 100, 100 million EC dollars mm -hmm. for budgetary support, financial aid for COVID relief. Okay. This was based on a study done by the... Uh, the Ministry of Finance at that time, saying that they expected a budgetary deficit of $97.1 million. Okay. So the numbers so, didn't just come from anywhere. Exactly. They didn't, okay. they didn't just say 100, 100 million <laughs> ECs, a round number. They yeah. said, Ministry of Finance said, we're gonna, we, are propose, we are projecting a deficit of $97.1 million because tourism uh -huh. is gone. Um, our main industry is now dead, so this is okay. the UK said, okay, we will um, give you up to 100, 100 million, million EC dollars, okay. 37 million US. Mm -hmm. But there were conditions. And one of those conditions, in fact, there were 16 conditions, and condition number three said that you had to agree to advance the GST. Remember, in October of 2019, the first phase of GST was implemented right. where the um, tariff was uh, reworked mm -hmm. and the interim goods tax, the IGT, yes. was put in place. Yes, 9%. And, 9%. Right. and so 9% would basically be part of the customs duties. Right. Uh, that was um, put in place so that when the second phase of GST, as was proposed by the previous administration, January 1st of 2021, the IGT would be removed mm -hmm. uh, at the 9%, and then whatever the rate for GST would be, would be then imposed. If I, if I can put a pin right here, was there any indication of a rate at that time? 
Uh, certainly, certainly, uh, was that and, and that was proposed in the uh, budgetary speech of of uh, 2019. The, it was put at 17.5%. 17.5%. That was projected uh, at the rate. And that would be in keeping with most of the rates in the region. The oh, rates wow. in the region range anywhere from 15 to 18%, depends on which uh, country uh, in the region. So and so, yeah. so how did how did we move from seventeen point five percent to thirteen percent? We are now. Well, that certainly there was a study done by the IMF, mm -hmm. and looking at data gathered, you know, our data is not as tight as it should be. But based mm -hmm. on the data gathered, based on uh, what was proposed as uh, that GST would affect. And determination was then to determine a rate and a threshold. Okay. The thresholds that were projected were anywhere from 100,000 EC dollars a year to 500,000 EC dollars a year. That if you're above that threshold, then GST would be affected. The rates were also <clears throat> then looked at based on um, the projections of what revenue could be collected based on different rates. Okay. And uh, when we came in, that was the rate that the IMF was working with, the 17.5. Wow. We felt <clears throat> that, you know, we should look at this uh, more in terms of uh, what taxes would be repealed. Right. So accommodation tax, which was at 12%, communications levy at 15%, the environmental levy, which is paid to Anglic, at mm -hmm. 7%, the public entertainment tax at 10%, and the IGT at 9%. So we felt averaging those out would be closer to, uh, you know, the 13 rather than. So when they looked at the numbers, we also looked at what the projected revenue should be. Okay. So right now, based on the numbers, those five taxes that I just mentioned would raise about $57 million. Okay. Um, plus, so... The, the determination is that we needed to make about $79 million. so about $22 million difference. And so the GST allows you to have a more predictable um, way of determining what the revenue would be. Sure. And so um, looking at that, we had to raise $79 million, um, per year. They, we, with the IMF working with them, we were able to come up with 13% uh, should be able to raise that and maybe a million or two more just so that okay. you know a slight overshoot and um, would be fine because remember the GST is you know to raise a project uh, predictable revenue right and all the services I mentioned earlier which are essential mm -hmm. plus medical treatment overseas right. help to seniors uh, paying medical bills paying water bills, all of the electrical bills. These are all services that the government provides. Right. I mean, people may not realize that, but, you know, basically you go to social development, they do a, uh, a study, a means test yeah. on you and determine you need help, yeah. provide help. And Sometimes we don't have that money to provide the help, <laughs> but still you have to, you know. That's true. And yeah. something that I, I, I think is in, important to add here is that a lot of these things happen in the background without people knowing. That's correct. Because there's the confidentiality and just the sheer etiquette involved in these things. So when, when persons are crying and say they want to know where the money is going for this and for that, these department functions and families are assisted when affected. 
And that's important for people to know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it, it definitely is important for people to know so that those persons who are in need yes. know where they can, where they go, can go as, go well. as well. So I, I, think, I think it's a balancing act of, yes, the confidentiality of not exposing who, yes. but to ensure that the general public knows that there are places and outlets where these things can yeah. be done if they have that need. Yeah, well, I just wanted to go on to about the threshold because uh -huh. the other thing that determined the rate is also the threshold. Mm -hmm. okay. And now there are projections that the threshold should be anywhere between 100,000 a year to 500,000 a year above that way it count. We felt, um, you know, that the 300,000 was reasonable. Yes. Um, you know, because if we went too low at 100,000, then the small businesses, mom and pop shops, yes. things like that, would be would have to be uh, registered for the GST. We felt that might be overburdensome. They wouldn't have the systems in place to do it. Those who make 300000 above would most would already have the point of, uh, point of sale yeah. systems in place, have, um, you know, the accounting um, services in place, so it wouldn't be as, um, you know, burdensome yeah. right. on those types um, of companies, and we also have passed um, regulations that allow uh, persons now to have those point of sale machines. They can bring them in duty free okay. till the end of 2022. Okay. Uh, so, so those were the considerations that were given, as well as the zero rated items, the exempted um, items and services. Those were all important as we went forward because when we came in, basically. Uh, what would have been um, exempted or zero rated from GST was uh, basic food items, mm -hmm. uh, medical services except cosmetic services. And, and we felt that, and nursing homes, those things, um, education services, right. we felt that we should be able to give uh, more relief to other um, services. So we expanded the zero rated um, you know, food items. We uh, went added fishing, farming, and manufacturing where that's zero rated. Right. Uh, so in those industries, to encourage them, uh, we basically said they should be the GST should not be charged on those okay. services. Uh, we also um, sale of land um, would be exempt. Right. Uh, we also had medical services were covered, but we said cosmetic services should also um, be exempted because right. you know people may think that certain things that are done which they classify as cosmetic are really more reconstructive mm -hmm. and things like persons who had say breast cancer and right. mastectomies who need bre uh, breast augmentation implants right. that's a cosmetic service but it's a reconstructive service in medicine right. and that, understanding these things like i said dental services and implants or periodontal work those were also would have been have G, uh, GST applied, and I felt that was unnecessary. Well, also, I, I, I must say thank you for those things because a lot of people don't understand that where those services are concerned, there's a there's a mental effect too. Some people could be struggling with things for a very long time, exactly. and that yeah, those things aren't captured. But the the insight and the intuition to understand these things that's that's greatly appreciated. Yeah. And also, if you can speak to I remember there was during the consultation um, the consideration as to whether GST um, should be implemented on medical insurance or not and yeah. I, I 
you, if you can speak to where we are at with that and if that is exempted or not. Yes, certainly that is also exempted. We felt that these are essential. Medical insurance, essential, life insurance, those should be exempted from the GST. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and that those are considerations that we took. Uh, some of that came through discussing in public consultation. Some of that was just, this is reality. You, know, right. you have to have those services. They're essential. The other things that um, we uh, zero rated was the first uh, 130 kilowatt hours of electricity. Right. Uh, because we felt, again, some people, especially the vulnerable, those who are uh, poorer, some not working, would have... Um, electricity is essential, right. and we should give some relief. And, so and the first 130 kilowatt hours is, um, you know, zero rated for GST. And water is zero rated for water, water corporation. That's correct. Essential again. You get that. Um, so just, just doubling, doubling back, the country is $300 million plus in debt. Well... At the time we At came time, in, yeah. it was uh, four hundred ninety-six million dollars in debt. Okay, <laughs> this, 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 this would have been June. This would have been June twenty twenty. Where are we, where are we now? Yeah. June twenty twenty. Four hundred. Let me get that figure again. June twenty twenty. We are four hundred and ninety-six million dollars. Four hundred and ninety-six million dollars in debt as a country. That's correct. Plus okay. with that. Plus with that which was presented to me the first day on June 30th when I met with uh, Governor Foy, uh -huh. we were $22 million in the red. That included, um, you know, we were overdrawn at NCBA. <laughs> um, we had borrowed from the ECCB uh, because you had to borrow money to uh, maintain services. Uh, we had checks that were already written but couldn't be cashed uh, at the Treasury. Uh, we had debt. And that was about $8 million in debt that we had to pay within two weeks of us coming in. And and I wow. was uh, basically, and, and so we'll get to the politics of it, that we had campaigned against GST. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But the reality of it that hits you um, in the face when you go into that office and he presents you the paper and he says, you have two weeks, basically, to pay this money or the country is bankrupt. And if you can't pay, then you're a failed state. And the UK has no other option but to have an order in council, suspend the constitution, and take over the country. Okay. This is presented to me the first day that I am there after I was basically called down to see the governor at 9 o'clock that morning and given this information. So, you know, we campaigned vigorously. Mm -hmm. I tell the people that, and that we would not implement the GST. But when you're given that option, Yes. That you have 10 days, by July 10th, you have to accept the MOU signed by the former premier on the 11th of June, right before the election, uh -huh. to take these conditions. The main one is GST because basically that was a condition for getting the aid. Right. That was a condition uh, for the aid to help with the banking resolution right. from the CDB. Remember, we had a loan. We mm -hmm. got the first tranche in 2018 right. before we came in. Second tranche we got last year. Mm -hmm. um, for the and, and then there's a third tranche that's available that hopefully with the way the economy is going right now and the hardworking hospitality workers helping the tourism industry improve, we probably won't need it. Okay, that so sounds that's, good. That's, that's, so those are good things. That, those are uh, good sorry to get sidetracked. <laughs> no, no, that's not a sidetrack at all. Because I think that's... that's so that, 
I don't even want to say. <laughs> no, it, it leads right into so, some of the things that we spoke about and that, you know, I think it's important that we get that information out that's, there. That's it right there. We not only have $496 million in debt, but we have to find $22 million in 10 days. Correct. And you're faced with this. <laughs> and if you don't do this, then we're a failed state. Correct. What happens to a failed state? Because I heard you say constitution is suspended. That's correct. When a constitution is suspended, that's it. Yeah, the, the people of that country have no say in its governance. They have the no say in its governance. Is suspended. That's the highest law of the land. And if your constitution says, remember, we have an administering power. Yes. It's responsible for us, who has contingent liability yes. for any debt that Anguilla occurs. Wow. And, and if you look at the debt that Anguilla has, it's internal debt. It's debt basically uh, to Social Security because we, the government before us, so government is continuous, so yes. we have to accept that, decided that they would prop up Social Security for the $214 million that was lost during the banking crisis. There, there was no loan from Social Security to the government of $214 million. Uh, you know, oh, even, wow. Even. Yeah. There was that the government at the time says, you know, basically these toxic loans, 49.6% uh, of mm -hmm. loans were toxic, meaning they were not being uh, serviced. Right. Um, the two banks failed. We now have this debt. You owe Social Security the money that they had deposited in the banks that was lost. Right. You had another $52 million for the high-end depositors, basically, that you say, okay, we will guarantee this deposit back to you. We'll tie up your money for 10 years, right. pay you back at 2% interest for that 10 years. Uh, you know, And then borrowed $59 million from the Caribbean Development Bank to basically help to prop up the bridge bank in CBA. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at now you come into, it's not only a financial crisis. You still, we still owe $160 million to foreign depositors whose monies have not been accounted for. You know, and, and so, so these are the things. And then you had the, uh, the CCB and NBA former uh, employees, right. their pensions, right. which we then had to make good on. Of course. Because and we, and, has and been we have been doing that. Right. We have the uh, trust deeds that we got signed, that we are, um, the monies that are in NCBA that when that counts, certainly mm -hmm. not all that they owed, but they have been able to, to benefit from getting some of that money. And so those are the, that's the push that we as the administration are doing to help the people that have been affected. The banking crisis and the Banking Resolution, the Banking Obligations Act, you know, if the details of this come out, uh -huh. and we still don't have all the details, yes. and we're in administration now yes. for almost two years, and we still can't get the full, um, you know, uh, what the banking resolution entailed. Right. Still can't get that. Yes, I remember you spoke about that on the floor. Um, and something, something that I remember just being a little bit, distraught when I heard it. Um, I think, and I'm going to paraphrase, that it's, it, it was said that if information in this report is released, it could have effects that could trickle down to the rest of the Caribbean, something to that extent. Certainly. Yes, I during the budget debate, Debates, I yes. would have mentioned um, that. Yes, because you're looking at um, contagion. 
Contagion basically, and this happened in the U.S. Um, you know, during the uh, financial crisis 2007, 2008. But here in the Caribbean, um, what, how one bank is affected affects the whole monetary um, union. Right. And the Eastern Caribbean Currency Union is an integrated system. And Anguilla, the two banks, um, were, you know, they were responsible for a lot of uh, banking in the region. Right. And, and so, wow. the, uh, you know, in Antigua, you had ABIB, which basically went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. That started the contagion, the problem where you're looking now at there could be runs on the banks because if the people don't have the confidence mm-hmm. that the banking system um, works, they go in, want to get their money out. That basic collapse could collapse the whole region, and that's what the ECCB was trying to to stop when they came in. And I mean, if you look at the reports, it basically talks. There were issues with NBA and CCB way back before 2010, when the AUM administration came in under right. Chief Minister Hughes. There are several instances where they were, you know, the governor Venner. Mm-hmm. wanted to basically tell them, you know, come in, stop what you're doing. You know, they were banking practices that were being done that were not, um, you know, yes. uh, good banking practices that were pointed out that they knew about. Yes. I mean, the Financial Service Commission, Yes. they had basically, um, you know, back in 2009, asked uh, both banks to cease and desist, uh, you know, the activities that they were doing in their offshore um, mm-hmm. branches. I, I mean, so, so you can see the system was in bad shape. The ECCB as a regulator has to take some responsibility yes, for some of true. this because I think that they didn't intervene and um, should have forcefully enough. enough. Yeah. And, and, and so that's there. And, and if, I, if I can add... Because I don't want anybody to think that what you're saying is not the case. I I served um, as an information risk management auditor at that time. I think my cool and half period has passed, and I can I can attest that these things was what was seen then. Yes. And that's that's the scary and 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 very frightening part yeah. for me because a lot of a lot of what we're going through now could have been avoided. I think so, I, definitely. And that's a hurtful thing. I, I, and it is. Um, but I think one of the things that we, just to kind of bring us back to where we are now, uh-huh. is that it is important to know how we got here. Yes. But now that we are here, people are very much interested in the here and now. Right. Okay. Um, and so when you spoke earlier about some of the zero-rated items, I think one of the things that we can escape is that gasoline is being sold at an all-time high. Yes. Ivan, Ivan reminded me earlier that, yes, I, I noted in 20, um, 11, 11 years ago, years ago yeah. that a gallon of gasoline was at $18, $18. Yes. a gallon. We are now at $21 in some sense. Right. You know, I try not to look because it gives me heartache. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I, when I look throughout the region, Angola has one of the highest rates of, of, of prices of gasoline. Um, is is gasoline going to attract GST? Is that something that we're going to look at? Uh, is uh, what? So yes, will it attract GST? And then what is being done to help alleviate some of the costs that our people are feeling right now? Right. I think that is something that is very, very much present in, on the minds of persons. Certainly. Uh, very good question. 
um, gasoline will attract um, GST. Um, I'll tell you some of the things we're doing right now, and then I'll get to that um, answer. Uh, right now, given a lot of the countries in the region, they have price control on fuel. Right. Um, St. Kitts, they yes. have set their rates. I mean, when we came in, um, you know, a gallon of gas in St. Kitts was $14. Yes. And that's because they have price control control it. Right. Now it's $20. Right. And that's because even as the price of the they procuring gassing goes up, it's you have to raise the um, your expected because mm -hmm. they're expected mm -hmm. to make a profit. Of course, and, you know, right. So what we are doing is we have removed the excise tax, which is right now for gasoline, it's it's about um, uh, forty cents uh, a gallon, uh, I mean a liter. So yeah. it comes out to a dollar thirty-two a gallon. Um, f that is the excise tax. Okay. So that we have removed, and that should go into place as soon as the fuel suppliers uh, put in place. We've asked them. It's been about two weeks now that, and we passed it to Exco, and uh, they then have to apply it. Um, to fuel coming in, so that should um, should go into effect. So we should see some alleviation. We should see some Definitely. reduction at the pump Definitely. pretty soon. That so let me ask you something because you mentioned. Sorry, even uh -huh. even before you get there, how do we ensure? I think this is some of the things that persons are definitely concerned about. How do we ensure that when suppliers receive this savings, it's passed on to the consumer? You you hear it throughout with GST as yes. well. Yes. You know, we speak about a number of zero-rated items, but I think persons are going, what else is in place to ensure that these savings are then passed on to the final consumer? Yes. And again, that's a good question because with uh, COVID, yes. remember that they was all the items related to COVID were basically duties were removed up to, uh, and the government um, would have lost in revenue yes. $4.1 million, yes. but that was not passed, passed on, on to, to the, the consumers uh, mm -hmm. by the, um, you know, by everyone. I mean, I mean uh, some people, some of the uh, businesses did, very few, mm -hmm. most didn't. Right. In fact, uh, they were set at caps. Uh, and that that was passed legislation that the cap should be a forty forty percent markup, right. and there were instances where up to three and four hundred percent markups, and and those are the types of things that, as you said, we have to be able to police. So with with all these things, right now we are working on price control and legislation right. and for the fuel, but also in general because with GST we also going to have supply officers who will be checking to make sure that these um, savings are passed on. So getting back, um, the other thing that we did was for um, essential food items, we have um, reduced the, the customs rate on, on, on those okay. uh, so that there will be a um, rate decrease and that again should uh, pass, pass on. on to the uh, so that should decrease the cost of um, essential foods. Okay, that's uh, excellent. So that and the fuel, should we should see that coming down shortly. Now, in terms of GST on fuel, yes, the GST will apply on fuel. However, that 13% uh, should not be passed on because those fuel suppliers, they will qualify with the rate, I mean, okay, with right. the threshold, mm -hmm. um, they'll be over $300,000. Um, with businesses, the 13% GST that is paid, they can um, reclaim that. So they shouldn't pass that on. So these are the things that we will do with price control and also that um, we will monitor that to make sure that um, the businesses 
that benefit from claiming back the 13% GST that is paid at customs. They can claim that back each month, the 20th right. of mm -hmm. the following month, they claim it back. They should not be passing that on. And, and, and that is the um, what we will be looking at to make sure. Okay, and these supply officers will be in place when GST Correct. Comes in. Okay. Yes. That's they are now, um, you know, some will be, al some already hired um, in okay. the government. Some will be, um, you know, moved uh, around. Um, okay. Uh, and then some, you know, will be um, hired for that okay. specific okay. purposes. Excellent. This was an excellent conversation. It was. Provided some really good insights into why GST, why right now. now yeah. um, we look forward to bringing you back. I'm certain, you know, this yeah, conversation was not long enough, <laughs> Ivan. Yes. I don't think you've allotted us enough time. Um, so truth be told, I, I definitely does I, I definitely don't want this to be too long. Yes. The government does a lot of communication if you're being honest. Uh, you have the weekly press conferences, you have your on uh talk and what are we branded, everybody's finding an avenue to communicate their press releases. And I think people may feel a little bit inundated with, with the information. And then for this, I want to be sure that people get what we're saying here. And the wrap-up is, GST now because we have to pay our way. GST now because we have a mountain of debt. Yes. GST now because generations to come will be saddled with this debt if we don't start paying this now. GST now because we are at the brink of losing our sovereignty, our, con our, our constitution was going to be suspended. Anguillians would not run Anguilla's government. Correct. GST now, because the world is going this way. Yes. St. Martin is considering import and export tax now. So that, right. that says to me, okay, pay attention. All, all these um, administering powers, they are feeling something in their pockets too. Certainly. So what do they do? The taxpayers from these places have been supporting, call us colonies, call us dependent <laughs> overseas territories, whatever you want to be in the, yes. the social framework, we've been supported. Let's not touch on repatriations and all this stuff and those things. That's a different conversation. <laughs> truth be told... I look forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> truth be told. Truth be told. Reparations. <laughs> <laughs> truth be told. We have to find a way to pay our way, to service our debt, and to take care of our own. And that's why we have to institute a broad-based tax. Yes, could we have one for better conditions? We can't control inflation globally. Right. But that doesn't mean that the ship doesn't stop sailing. That yeah. doesn't mean that families aren't in need. That doesn't Correct. mean that our essential services don't function. Mm -hmm. And truth be told, without anything else, it's GST now. Yeah, but even the four million uh, pounds of economic resilience yes. uh, that we get each year for the next three years, yes. uh, that is also tied to implementation of the GST. Because I think our administering power sees that as not only that we are committing to our own financial stability, right. But they see it as a way, if you can predict what your revenue is, then there's a less chance that you're going to be going hat in hand to them, um, yes. you know, to fulfill the social services that are necessary. That is true. Because if you think about it, uh, you know, if we can get, um, 
you know, free health care for the elderly, which we want to do, right. which we've been wanting to do. Each time we take it to executive council, we are told it's unfunded. You can't put in a policy that's unfunded. But now with GST coming in, mm -hmm. and we know that we're going to make, we're projecting uh, $27 million from the 1st of July uh, to the end of December of 2022 because we're starting in the half year. Right. And then after that, we are projecting to make the $79, $80 million that we need to do this. These are the types of services that we can then go to executive council with the assurance and with yes. that confidence. We're going to be able to pay for this because we know that we projecting we're going to make this money that can cover it. We already have the actuary looking at that, the same one that did the actuarial review for Social Security and for the Public Service Pension Fund is looking at that for us to, so that we know what the cost is going to be. Right. And we have the cost and we can uh, fund it. But going back also um, to that, and they did, these services are essential. Medical treatment overseas. We've already, in fact, I was talking to so social development um, just last week, and we have already busted the budget for medical treatment overseas. And in and, the and, 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 and first quarter of the year. So just think about that. We still got, uh, you know, Everything. another eight months to go. And, um, you know, we, so we have to find money to be able, because we can't tell a person who's in the hospital that needs secondary and tertiary care that's yes. not providing Anguilla, that they can just stay here, go home and die, or sit there and die. I mean, you can't do that. And that's the reality. That's the reality. And everybody would look to government but government has to look to who? Itself. Exactly. It's exactly. legislation. Yeah. It practices everything to make sure that it's in a place to do what is expected of yeah. them. You know, people talk about at their house that, you know, they have to move money. They need to pay the rent, but they have to use it to buy medication, buy food this month. Government is doing the same thing. Yeah. Now, why should government be in that position? Yeah. If we are very serious about running this country and moving towards independence, which we want to do, right. you have to have the frameworks in place to make that happen. Yes. And one of those things is we have to be able to support ourselves. Yes. And we can't do it right now. Right. And the UK, our administering power, has been helping us. Yes. But if we move away from them, which is what independence means... Yes. Where do we get it from? Exactly. And you know, we, we're going we're gonna, to... We're going to have you back for me to talk about that because, again, I, I have a lot of conversations. And one of the things that was mentioned in this conversation is that, you know, the UK government hears that Angola wants their independence. And when you look at the, the critical infrastructure that's being put in place, it's so we can stand on our own. So eventually so that, yeah so that's our next topic yeah, that's our next topic. that's our next independence yeah. and, and reparations here we go start now very controversial but here yeah, we go what do people want is updates and conversations and that's what we will do right yes. premier thank you very much for your time like i said we don't want to go any further with this i know we you gave us a lot to reflect on to a lot to digest um, and I know the listeners and those viewing will share this and make sure people understand why GST and why now. Anything from you, Father? That's, that's it. This has been an excellent progress report, Premier. We thank you for being here with us. We thank you for sticking with us through this um, extensive conversation. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, and we look forward to having you back sometime soon. 
It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, you know, it's good to have this type of forum where you can speak to the people. Uh, you know, and, and, and I like the, the, the ease um, that you bring to it, um, you know, that yeah. it's just like sitting on somebody's uh, doorstep or in their living room yes. and having a conversation with them, uh, which is what we are here to do. Thank you Thank very you much. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you.